0: Sometimes I just stand on the dock and and watch the city, and it's so peaceful. It's definitely a different kind of quiet out here.
1: From WYPR and PRX.
0: It's out of the blocks. Out of the docks.
1: One city harbor. Everybody's story. Everybody's, Everybody's story. story. Everybody's
2: story. Everybody's, Everybody's story. story. Everybody's story. When I walk down the pier after being at work and having an hour and a half commute home, that is my zen moment.
3: It certainly is a test of a relationship, I think.
4: These boats depreciate faster than a lit dollar bill.
5: You just figure out what what do you need in life and it's really not much.
6: Honestly, I enjoy it so much I don't think I'll ever live on dry land again.
2: From
5: producers Aaron Henkin
2: and Wendell Patrick
5: out of the docks, Baltimore Harbor right
2: after this.
7: We're just gonna go out and have a good day. Just sail and we'll be back eventually. Do you know where you're headed? No. No clue. Just gonna go out. This is wherever the wind takes us. Yeah. Got it. Aye! And she's up. I'm Garrett Speaker. I'm 28. I am the first mate aboard the sailboat Panthalassa. My name is Jeremy,
8: semi-recently Captain Jeremy. She's a 50-foot golf star,
7: catch-rigged, just a sailboat. Going to college, I went to UMBC and living at UMBC's campus was very expensive and I didn't want to continue living at home and someone kind of jokingly said that you should live aboard.
8: So we did. <laughs> a couple weeks later we had, we had bought a boat and we were moving on to it and all of our parents were disappointed, but
7: <laughs> that was okay. It was small. You know, you could touch the two walls if you stood in the middle of the boat with your arms spread and it didn't have running water and it didn't have heat or AC. I mean, it was it was a fiberglass tent that you lived in.
8: Definitely takes minimalistic to a whole different level. I, I own virtually nothing and turned out to be a fantastic way to live.
7: The boat that we're on now is 50 feet. It's the largest sailboat in the marina, and it's very beautiful. I really like it, but. There's, there's definitely something I miss about the much smaller boat. To me, this feels like a house. Like, this is massive. I don't even know what to do with all the space. You know, my
8: quality of life and comfort level has, you know, skyrocketed since moving on to a very large boat. But the big thing that really did stand out going on to a bigger boat was the ability to uh, have Megan come on board.
9: There's almost like a joke that, I'm always the third wheel or that Kelly Garrett's girlfriend is always the third wheel um, because the love between Jeremy and Garrett is just, it's, it's a special type of bromance. My name is Megan, uh, but everybody at the marina calls me Meggie. So
8: Megan and I actually met at the rock climbing club at UMBC.
9: It, w- it was kind of funny how we met. He was the president of the rock climbing club, and I was the president of the fencing club. And one day, he invited me out to, like, this rock climbing trip. Totally platonic. Just, hey, do you want to come on this rock climbing trip? And of course, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm all about it. Like, let's do this. So I was texting him, like, what do I bring? What You know, what kind of camp gear do you think I'll need? He's like, oh, well, if you have a hammock, you should, you know, you can bring that. So on this camp trip, I strung up my hammock, but I didn't bring a tarp. Apparently the the pro camper move is that you put a tarp over your hammock so that if it rains, you don't get wet. Sure enough, it rained. And here I am. I'm unprepared. I don't have a tarp over my hammock. And Jeremy has a tarp over his hammock. And Jeremy's hammock happens to be a two-person hammock or a double nest. So <laughs> he was like, oh, did you want to stay with me in my hammock?
8: The hammock that was provided to her was actually Garrett's. Uh, so it's, it's his fault we're together, actually. <laughs> that was seven years ago. Actually, I guess we just had her eight-year anniversary.
9: Six and a half knots. So everybody on the boat has a job. My specific job is I'm the ship's medic, which makes sense. I'm an EMT. I do have a couple skills that, you know, I can use in case of an emergency. And, of course, Jeremy's the captain. Kelly is a uh, dinghy captain. And Garrett is a uh, first mate. The way that the boat is laid out is that we have a cabin in the front and then a cabin in the back.
1: That's where you sleep?
9: Yep. So on the boat, the cabin in the front, that's for Garrett and Kelly. And the cabin in the back, that's Jeremy and I. How,
1: how does that work? I mean, can you... Talk a little, I mean, you know, four people living on a boat, four young, or two young couples, I mean, as far as privacy, as far as al- just alone time, do you guys have a system worked
8: out, or? Uh, so we're not very private people in general, which helps a lot. Um, yeah, the old and somewhat creepy phrase is, if the boat's a-rockin', don't come a knocking." Right which doesn't actually work on this boat because it has a giant 11,000 pound keel six feet (laughs) under the water that keeps it pretty stable. Um, But yeah, we've all become very, very good communicators because of this lifestyle, and that coupled with less of a need for privacy than than your average bear. Uh, Yeah, it's been actually pretty easy to manage.
9: Now that I live on a boat now, I can't imagine living any other way. When you're out on the water and you have like the sunlight is shining, you know you're reading your favorite book while you're hanging your feet over the edge of the of the water, and like the the water is splashing up on your toes. There's just like this feeling of bliss. We don't know the best time of our life until it's already passed. but the definitely the simpleness in preparing breakfast and everybody's around the table and laughing and having fun and trading jokes and stories i don't know there's something magical about the camaraderie there's something magical about that family you're on this you're on this tiny little thing in the middle of a very huge ocean but you find your 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 sunshine in each other. How much cheese do we have at the (laughs) the bottom of the fridge? Uh, There are two kinds that were not suitable for
5: tacos. That's both cheddar, by the way. I didn't just mix some weird... It's mozzarella.
9: You don't know if you're gonna get it tomorrow. You don't know when your number's gonna come up. Is just sour cream over there? So enjoy the sunshine while you have it. You you may not have it tomorrow.
5: There's also avocado over here if you boys didn't get any. Can you pass me a chocolatey dish? Gate
10: open. Ah, open the gate
5: open. It's That's okay. okay. Just go shut that hallway door, buddy. Simon, we're still teaching boundaries, but um yeah, if you ask Sebastian, he'll tell you he knows exactly where he's allowed to go and not allowed to go.
1: Tell me your name and how old you are.
5: Sebastian. I'm four.
1: And tell me about where you live.
5: On the boat. I'm Catherine Willie. I'm uh, live in Harborview Marina with my husband, my two kids, Sebastian, who's four, Simon, who's 16 months, and my dog Atticus. We're full boat here.
0: Uh, I'm Matthew Willie. My wife, family, and I live uh, on a 1980 53-foot Hatteras motor yacht.
5: Matt actually said, hey, I really want to live on a boat. And I just laughed at him and said, you are nuts. <laughs> so he said, just let's go look at one. Let's go look at one. Okay, fine. Until I saw the boat, I thought he was crazy. I like, then we went and looked at the boat, and I was like, oh, I guess he's not that crazy. <laughs> so.
0: It's not like we were retiring and going from a four-bedroom, five-bedroom house down to a boat. We were going from something small to something small. Um, so when we saw the reality of it and knowing that we had a child, if we bought a boat big enough, this three-bedroom, three-bath, it was very doable
5: it makes us evaluate what we actually need in life and I think it was interesting when we had our second baby on the boat because when we had our first um, son he you know you go register for everything and so that when you go into the baby stores and they give you the entire list of everything that you are going to need for a baby you get so overwhelmed with it second baby we're like We literally need a swing because that was our lifesaver with our first one, a place for him to sleep and some clothes and diapers. You know, like you just figure out what do you need in life and it's really not much. And so it's taken our entire focus off of, you know, having to have more or having to have X, Y and Z and put more of our focus on experiences with one another, um, which has really changed our lives, I think, and for the better
0: As a married couple, we've lived in three different communities in Baltimore, Federal Hill, up by Morgan State, and here. This is by far the best community.
5: In houses, um, you can often be so separated and live, you know, even in the row homes, live right next door to someone and never know what's going on in their lives. And um, you know, sometimes it's annoying that everyone knows everything, but it's also great because. They know when you need help. Sometimes you don't even have to ask for it. When you do ask for it, everyone is all hands on deck here. I'm really good at boat puns, too.
0: <laughs> Being in the heart of the city, it's the quietest community. Um, there's sometimes I just stand on the dock and, and watch the city, and it's so peaceful. It's definitely a different kind of quiet out here. Um, and then having the uh, ability just to drop the lines on a Friday afternoon and be in Annapolis by... Uh, you know, before dusk, and and anchored out, and, and just watching, being in the middle of nature is is amazing. Um, and with two little kids, we're moving our house. There's no there's no packing. There's no adjustment. Um, we can just go.
5: And it's actually easier for kids, I find, because our boat's already kind of baby-proofed. So they can't get in the drawers. They can't, you know, because they have to be. Um, there's a certain amount that has to be done so that, like, when you're underway moving your boat, things don't just fly open, makes it harder for the kids. So our extent of baby proofing is our gate right there, on our baby gate on the steps, so. yeah. All right, can you get your coat on? I can do my new trick. Yeah, show your new trick. That's cool. Ready, go. <laughs> Woo! Ooh, that was mm. awesome.
1: What do you like about living out here? I love uh, sun,
5: the sun. You
10: have your keys? I do. I've got my keys. Atticus.
4: This is in fact our first boat. So we went all in. We jumped in with both feet, right?
3: I'm Jill Cecil.
4: I'm Jonathan Cecil.
3: So we owned a house in Dundalk. Uh, We lived in that house for about 15 years. And I don't know, I've always wanted to live on a boat. And so I just kind of threw out the idea and and convinced him that, you know, we should give it a shot. And and here we are a year later.
4: It's a carver. It's a little over 40 foot long. It's considered a motor yacht, two staterooms, two full bathrooms, a galley, and a salon.
3: We met in a bar in Hamden. We both lived in Hamden, and uh, my sister and a girlfriend and I were day drinking and playing pool, and he was day drinking, hanging out with his buddy who was a bartender, and um, he he had me and Stitches the first conversation we had, and the rest is kind of history.
4: So when your buddy is the bartender, uh, he can, through the magic of alcohol... <laughs> make you appear to be more handsome, taller, <laughs> smarter and funny. And I think that's what happened. Jill Jill was sugarcoating it maybe a little bit. But it it was magical when we first met and we both knew kinda right away.
3: It certainly is a test of a relationship, I think.
4: These boats depreciate faster than a lit dollar bill.
3: I hate you know, I hate to say it, but it's like there's always something that's broken or you know, needs maintenance. There's always something that needs to be worked on. It's a huge commitment.
4: This past weekend, I worked on gauges on the helm, and I worked on an outboard motor for five hours.
3: I think anybody considering doing this really needs to especially crunch those numbers and then double them because there are a lot of costs that you don't anticipate. And everything is more expensive when you start putting on a boat. The same piece of plumbing that goes into a house is twice or three times as expensive on a boat.
4: It's kind of like taking a crash course in a foreign language, but you have to take the test the same day. It is both rewarding and extremely frustrating.
3: Well, also living you know, on the boat, I think, has shown us how amazing simple life is, you know, we live with very little and You know, I think that just lends itself to Retiring <laughs> early and, and realizing that you don't need as much um, To have a happy life. Yeah, I
4: could deal I could do without cell phones and internet connections We have those amenities now and they're nice but the uh, older we get and the longer we're on this boat, the more we realize, like Jill said, you don't necessarily need all of that to sustain life and to be happy. Happiness is from inside. That's what you make of it. It's out of the blocks. Out of the docks.
7: One city harbor. Everybody's story. Everybody's, Everybody's story. story. Everybody's
5: story.
1: Do you need a hand? I'm going to just, I just don't want to drop anything. Yeah. I gotcha. Just the equipment? I'm sorry. No (laughs) worries.
11: So my name is Joshua Miller. Uh, I've been kind of in local Baltimore area for about four years. I was military for 11 and ended up getting out uh, of active duty while I was up here. Uh, Standing in front of a 1978 uh, Peterson 34. Uh, so, 34 being how long the boat is, it was an old race boat, so it's uh, very minimal inside, uh, but it's a, a great sailboat, a lot of fun to sail, uh, and certainly enough space for myself to live aboard. And now, who is, who is this? To? Uh, I live aboard with a dog that I've had. Uh, she's a rescue, a training walker coonhound, so she looks like an oversized beagle. Yeah. What's um, her name? Peggy Sue. She's a great boat dog because she she loves to be outside, but is is fine not jumping in all the time. So I don't have to pull her out of the harbor too often. Nice. Yeah. So wow. Um, sailboats are often very deceiving in the amount of space that they have. When yeah. You're...
1: This is really quite roomy um, compared to what it looks
11: like from the outside. Yeah. So. Uh, more than enough room. It's kind of a, a little floating cabin on the sea, uh, but yeah. So in the back uh, right-hand corner uh, is a quarter berth, uh, which is kind of a small bed for say uh, you know a person or maybe a couple. Uh, as my the former owner of the boat said, a newlywed couple, because <laughs> uh, it's a little tight. Uh-huh. And so yeah, so your beautiful kind of wood right too. Up there. Yeah, most uh, most of the inside uh, in this is teak, so. In front of the uh, the quarter berth, you've got uh, a small chart table. Uh, when you're sailing, you know you can lay out all your charts and see where you're going. Uh, on this boat, there's a small sink, uh, and then you have a gimbaled stove, meaning that it can swing back and forth. So when you're sailing, you can still uh, be able to cook. And then straight back is your main bedroom. Yeah, so uh, there's basically a V berth, so it's kind of a triangle, uh, very comfortable. Um, and more than enough space, uh, it's nice that it's a triangle because Peggy Sue usually ends up sleeping at the foot <laughs> of the bed on one one side or the other. Uh-huh. Okay. A common misconception is that we're all kind of like one step above homeless or a bum, uh, you know, and then like the pirate lifestyle is what a lot of people think, uh, or, you know, old divorcees that, that are now living aboard. Uh, and it, although there's a little bit of truth that rings uh, to all of those, it's much more of a diversified crowd. You know, I can think off the top of my head, you know, computer programmers, uh, teachers, uh, engineers, psychologists, uh, a professional welder, a space scientist who's currently in Antarctica. I mean, there's just every walk of life. and in, in Bit of experience that you could imagine across the board, uh, from you know folks who want to live simply and and stretch their paycheck to uh, people who, you know, are just doing this to uh, be able to live a little bit more uh, adventurously. I've been living aboard for about two years, um, and really, what prompted me to move aboard is uh, separation from the military. Uh, you often hear, especially getting out of the Marine Corps, that you'll never experience that level of camaraderie again, you know, and that you'll miss it. And for me, I, I stepped out of that into a different, a newer community where that there was that same level of camaraderie. And, and whenever there's something terrible to do uh, or boat work that's just, just absolutely the worst... Uh, There are always people there that that will, without hesitation, ask if you want help, ask if you need a hand, uh, you know, run you up the mast or uh, scrape or sand or do whatever else. So you're just kind of always around each other and and you have the same needs and and desires to accomplish certain things. And so everybody kind of bands together and and has a, a very tight sense of being. It's very much like being in the military.
12: I can fix anything. <laughs> it might take a while, but I'll figure it out eventually.
1: <laughs> what do you like fixing most?
12: Not toilets. <laughs> My name's Stuart and I'm a marine tech at Peterson Marine.
1: And do you live down here too?
12: No, I live out in the country.
1: <laughs> but do you like being on the water? How did you end up down here if you're If you're... I
12: didn't work on the water, I would not work in the city.
1: And did you, is this the kind of work that you've always done working on boats?
12: No, I built houses for 20 years and now I'm a mechanic.
1: What's on the docket for today?
12: Install a radar and a track vision system on a big million dollar boat. (laughs) It's mostly done. I just got to mount the stuff on on the roof.
1: Do you spend time on the water other than working? I mean, do you have an affinity to the water at all?
12: No. I don't like water.
1: <laughs> so how how's that for your day job then? How's that work out for you?
12: I, I don't I don't mind the water like if I didn't work on the water, like I wouldn't want to be in the city. Like it's kinda of like you're away from the city when you're on the water.
1: What is it about the city that you just kinda of wanna stay away from?
12: The people it's too many of them (laughs) I like space
1: if you had to kind of characterize happiness for yourself what would that look like
12: oh I don't know maybe if I had my own planet (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding
1: (laughs) what would be on the planet
12: just wild nature that's it and me so I could experience it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) When we go out and uh, uh, leave for the weekend, I'm in heaven. I'm up at the helm, have my coffee, we'll do a nice slow 10 mile an hour cruise for two hours, go where we're gonna dock or anchor, and that is my mini vacation every time we leave for the weekend. Doug Glare, living in Baltimore, Maryland, here with uh, my wife.
10: I am Julie Dietzel Glare.
2: And uh, loving being on board.
10: It's a uh, Carver 466, which is a powerboat.
2: Best way I describe it is a 700-square-foot, two-bedroom apartment that has a million-dollar view without that cost. And when we want to leave, which three out of four weekends during the year, we go and anchor out, uh, everything goes with us.
10: We... Years ago, I can't even tell you how long ago, started thinking that we really loved boating and, gee, maybe we should retire on a boat and thought 20 years from now, we'll do this. And then realized one day that we didn't know why we were waiting.
2: It was probably the easiest move out of a house ever because we did a Craigslist post and in four hours, most everything was gone
10: out of the house. In the long run, what's been amazing is Once you start getting rid of stuff, you realize just how liberating it is to get rid of stuff. You really don't need it.
2: When I walk down the pier after being at work and having an hour and a half commute home, that is my Zen moment. And I can leave all that behind. And by the time I've walked on the boat, I'm ready to enter this world of relaxation and sort of being in the city, which we love, but also having our own quiet area in the community that you feel separated from the city too, a little bit.
10: The community is so tight-knit that it's it's almost like a you know the family you choose. <laughs> and we make a point of getting together and finding times to celebrate whatever's whatever's going on.
2: We do dock walks in the evening, just to randomly go out, uh, take a glass of wine or something, and walk the docks, uh, look out over the harbor, and talk with some of our friends. So it's not like you're uh, cooped up in a small space. You Actually, your community is the entire marina.
10: The, the docks are our backyard. Yeah. People have done studies on people who live in little houses as opposed to those huge mansions, and they, they've shown that people who live in smaller spaces tend to argue less. And I think it's because you can't escape to your wing of the house. You just learn to live closer.
6: Hi, I'm Joe Fleischman and I live aboard here in Henderson's Wharf Marina in Fells Point, aboard a 1973 golf star catch named Cirrus with my cat, Bell. I'll be... I'm 29 now, that's last year in my 20s, starting to be an old man. I am a pirate down here for Urban Pirates in Fells Point and I also work for Peterson Marine Service uh, service in the Inner Harbor down here helping people out with their boats.
1: So do you want to Is it possible for you to kind of give me a tour of the boat?
6: Uh, Yeah, I could give you as much of a tour as I can. It's your typical bachelor pad as uh, you've probably seen before.
1: (laughs) Okay. Stepping down a little ladder here. Oh, wow. There's actually a lot of space down in here. Hi, Belle.
6: the winter time is when you get the hardcore, this is my life kind of live aboards. Yes. You know, they don't have a summer house in New Jersey or Florida or something that they go to is like, we're here because this is our home and we, you know, we work for a living. So we don't have, you know, some giant retirement plan that we get to go run around on. <laughs> um, and that's nice. You know, if you have that, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you in Barbados someday. <laughs> but, um, yeah. For the rest of us. Yeah. We kind of, this is not a lifestyle that's for everybody because it's, it's like a house. There's always some new project to work on and the people who get into it, their income very much reflects in their boat. You know, is you either have, you work really hard and do the work yourself because this is something you're passionate about, or you just have, this is my fun summer plaything. Yeah, you know, or fix it for me.
1: How do you stay warm? How does that work on your boat?
6: Coldest to God, I think there was like one night here where it got down to like nine degrees outside. Can be annoying. You know, your free, your sheets can freeze to the wall sometimes. <laughs> um, but
1: So you don't have a heater?
6: I have two heaters. I have one space heater in the bedroom and then that space heater next to you there. And they do the job adequately for my needs you know i work so much i don't spend any time other than pretty much evenings when i'm eating and sleeping on the boat my favorite part about being on the boat is the privacy of the whole thing um the space is mine no matter what happens to the world around it i can always take it somewhere i can if i you know just get fed up with baltimore i can go down to georgia or florida or Cuba, if I feel like it. Um, so I think the, the dynamic nature of that lifestyle is what draws me to it so much is having been through so many different things where it's just a matter of, you know, growing up on the farm and then, you know, having to move from the farm and everything else. Because I had met a just fantastic, wonderful illustrator, artist, and we spent three of the best years of my life together. Then, sort of towards the end of the third year, we well, not we really. I found out that my parents were getting divorced, the farm that I grew up on was getting foreclosed on, and then put a lot of pressure on me and my relationship. And that ultimately caused the relationship to dissolve. Shortly thereafter, is when we got the diagnosis that my dad had pancreatic cancer. So, and all of this happened, of course, within two years of one another. So it was a very compressed, unpleasant time. And so that caused me to ultimately need to move from Lancaster down to Maryland. And yeah, I was so angry with everything. I was kind of willing to go do something a little less safe and just being like, all right, well, I'm gonna take a little bit of money. I'm gonna go buy a boat. Yeah, and that's how I ended up here. And honestly, I enjoy it so much. I don't think I'll ever live on dry land again regardless of how old you are you only have so much time to really pursue your dreams and that's the one unifying message I've gotten from every live aboard or older boater that I've come across that you know meet me and find out I'm 29 and I'm living aboard you know a 41 foot boat is you know is good for you you because universally all of them wish that they had done it sooner. I have yet to meet a single person that wishes that they had waited that little bit longer is they do it while you're young, do it while you can. you know you're only getting older every day so go do the crazy stuff now.
2: You've been listening to Out of the Blocks
5: from radio producer Aaron Hinken
8: and music producer Wendell Patrick. Special thanks this episode to field producer Melissa Gear.
5: You can podcast the series and check out photos online
3: at wypr.org slash outoftheblocks.
2: Aaron and Wendell want to
3: thank all of us who took a leap of faith and shared our stories and our lives. For WYPR and PRX, this is the Baltimore Harbor signing off. Signing, signing, off. Off.
8: signing, signing off. off. Signing off.
13: Hey, guys, Aaron here on the microphone for a minute at the end of this episode to let you know what's coming up on the next couple episodes of Out of the Blocks. Uh, Look ahead over the next couple of weeks. We've got a couple of really interesting themed episodes we're curating for you. One of them is about parenthood, bitter stories, sweet stories, and everything in between when it comes to parents and kids. We've also got an episode we're calling Compliments to the Chef, sort of a love letter to every kitchen we've uh, come across during our years of going block by block around Baltimore City. Uh, We've got new episodes in the works in different neighborhoods around Baltimore, plus some interesting travel in the near future. We're headed to West Oakland, California at the end of July for a special episode. Then in September, we're off to Juneau, Alaska to see what the blocks are like up there. And then uh, looking ahead into November, we'll take the program down to Charleston, West Virginia. So that's all coming up during the months ahead. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for spreading the good word about the show. We appreciate uh, all your reviews on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't done that yet, uh, we'd be much obliged. If you take just a couple of minutes, write a couple of sentences, that really helps put the podcast on the radar of, uh, of new listeners. Thank you again for spreading the good word about the show. Thank you for listening. And we'll do it again soon. Out of the Blocks is supported by PRX and produced with grant funding from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Cohen Opportunity Fund, the Hofberger Foundation, Patricia and Mark Joseph Shelter Foundation, Inc., the Kenneth S. Batty Charitable Trust, the MuseWeb Foundation, and the William G. Baker Jr. Memorial Fund, creator of the Baker Artist Portfolios, online at bakerartist.com.
9: Support for this podcast comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting.